What the heck? Your thing's not in it. Bull! Hit it! There's no hit, bro. Hit the intro. Okay. Pull that out. I don't know. Well, it's episode 722. Is it 22? 23. I don't really know. No idea. Well, it's one of those numbers. Uh, We usually have a countdown and and it lets us know, but that overlays out. But that's okay. Question I have for you and the podcast. How do we put the joy into you soccer answer that question uh but first we have to cover a lot of things we had to cover uh the the news of the day and and burhalter is back in the news because of his boy eric winalda and hope solo on their podcast we're gonna talk about that there's another pedophile and uh i went to um philadelphia i was there this morning and just got back i have jet lag i threw this podcast together the best i could and we didn't even get a run through so Hopefully it goes well. So this weekend in Philadelphia, I was um, at the U.S. Soccer Convention with uh, Coach V to accept the National Staff of the Year, which was a big deal. It was cool. And, uh, yeah, we were voted for that. That was pretty cool. And we also played in a tech ball tournament in hopes to win another championship. Now, back in 2014, uh, Coach V and I, and that's our team, we won, I think, like seven games, straight games. Uh in LA and won that. And this year it's a tech ball tournament. And I've only been to this one, only, only my second convention and uh, we like competing. So we went and uh, we made it to the championship. Let's look at the highlights and see how we did. Did we win or not? If we did win, we're going to get a tech ball table. Let's find out. Welcome to Philadelphia. I am at the 2023 convention. My wife's with me. She's freezing and miserable. But we're actually heading to the tech ball tournament where Coach V and myself are going to win it and uh, get our second championship in all competition at the convention. We won it 10 years ago in a 4v4 tournament. Won seven straight games all the way to championship. And now we're going to enter the tech ball tournament, which is coming up shortly. My wife's going to hopefully get us some footage with my camera and we'll go from there. Round Finish him. Round two. 
in the finals i take full credit for the horribleness i played it pretty darn good until the finals and my serves weren't going in or anything like that i was pretty distraught couldn't sleep messed me up we could have won that tech ball table and i i failed miserably i'm very uh upset angry mortified but that's just things i have to deal with it's in the past now it is in the past i need to focus on power now welcome to the show el rojo what's up good El Rojo, so how'd you do being alone with Jet? Uh, slept in. Oh, you didn't sleep in. I did sleep. Well, like, uh, what do you mean? I don't know. I it was I too hard know. to manage all that stuff. We actually directed you to just stay home. I think I'm a good uh, teen parent. Yeah, you are. And Jet learned how to ride a bike when we're gone. Oh, yeah, apparently. By other people. Um, it's It's called a community. Uh, so we're going to get right to the news and we're going to get on with this podcast because it could go long depending uh, how far we get into this. But uh, Kirsten Henning, a former non-scholarship player for the Hokies, filed a federal lawsuit against Virginia Tech coach Dad, Chugger. Skipped. I skipped what? You skipped the on the fingers. You, oh, yeah. You missed a whole part. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, a former Virginia Tech soccer player has reached a $100,000 settlement with the school to dismiss her lawsuit, claiming she lost her starting spot on the Hokies team over her refusal to kneel with teammates in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. Well, uh, that's a problem. And uh, if you read into it, and I'll uh, continue reading, a former, listen to the wording that the media gives us. Kirsten Henning, a former non-scholarship player for the Hokies, filed a federal lawsuit against Virginia Tech Coach Chugar Adair in 2021 saying he targeted her because he dislikes her, likes Henning's political views. Now, I was thinking, I'm like, oh, non scholarship. She, she probably was barely playing or whatever. They didn't give it all the details. They just, oh, non scholarship. They didn't actually look at the data. So I had to spend time on that, uh, which we'll show in a second. Henning has now agreed, agreed to drop the lawsuit in exchange for $100,000. However, the settlement does not require Virginia Tech to admit any wrongdoing. Her attorney, Cameron Norris, told the Roanoke Times. So after we were manipulated with all this, and of course the coach goes on Twitter and says, well, look, I've been vindicated. I don't have to apologize, and whatever. Um, let's just look at her stats. So uh, Jack, put up her stats. Check this out. So in, I can't read it that far. I didn't have it over here. So in uh, 2018, how, how much did she play, Jack? Read that. Um, so she was an early enroll and joining the program in tw- uh, January. Appeared in all 22 matches with 19 starts. Wow. Made a debut in season opener versus San Diego. Stop swiveling. 
my bad. Uh, made her first star against UNCW. Played 1,680 minutes during the season. As a freshman, mind you. Let's go to her sophomore year, 2018. Or is it 19? 19. 19. Appeared in all 19 matches and started the last 18. We also, wow. She's uh, horrible. One of five Hokies to see more than 80% of the total team minutes played for the year. Yeah, she sucks. All right, now we'll go to 2020. What was the time frame there? What's that say? Uh, she played three games starting in the season opener at Virginia, charted 124 minutes for the season. Oh, wow. Well, that's a change. Well, that's a little bit different. So um, the media wants you to believe because the media lies to us, regardless of what party you're on. They're a bunch of dirty lighters. You get, you get your best source source information from, like, me. You know, that does a little digging. Yeah, it, non-scholarship. She, she's a walk-on non-scholarship that started that many games as a freshman, sophomore, and junior, and by her senior year, she's horrible because she didn't take a knee. She didn't bow down. She actually had conviction and stood for what she believed, and she was retaliated on. And uh, that coach, um, not a fan of you. I wish I knew about this at the coaching convention because I would have got real close to you and took a knee and been like, you suck. And with the uppercut, jag off. What a jerk. Anyways, uh, let's get on with the next part of the news. This week in pedophiles, who happened to coach soccer? Uh, uh, Megan, we get a pedophiles. Just kidding. But I don't want her on my show. She always comes on my show. Get a good smack. Killing Megan Rapino every Sunday at 8 p.m. Mount Standard Time. Join our show. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you when you'll know when. We smash the Megan Rapino. It's just something we do. We like doing that. Former youth soccer coach accused, I don't have an overlay for this one, accused of repeatedly sexually assaulting child heads to trial in Lenawee County, Minnesota. I think it's Minnesota. Is that Michigan? I don't know. Comment. Let me know. What's MI stand for? What state is that? Didn't you just do that test? I think that's Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. You got, you got 50 out 50 heard. Uh, Yeah. Awesome. Congrats, buddy. A former youth soccer coach who coached in Adrian before moving to Texas is heading to trial on more than a dozen criminal sexual misconduct charges. During the investigations, authorities discovered dozens of images of naked victims, as well as other evidence that this is just gross. We'll just stop talking about, but you have to pay attention as parents. Don't trust your coaches. Don't trust anyone with your child alone or in these private sessions. Be there, pay attention to them. Don't put your kids at risk that, we're talking about it on this dang podcast, but it's it just getting ridiculous. And Jack, don't forget, you have um, a bunch of sounds that you can make uh, during the show. But... I was trying to figure some out while you're talking. Oh, okay. You don't have any from the Daily Wire. So this is the Eric Winalda thing. So from the Daily Wire, Eric Winalda claims Greg Berhalter had a vendetta against Gio Reyna in the USA's World Cup campaign as he says a family feud lasted eight or nine months before the bombshell of the blackmail row after Claudia Arena didn't keep her halter son at Austin. Whoa. So uh, it'll it'll talk more about it. So, uh, overlay too, dude. Did you put it up? Oh, well, yeah. I was going to. Yeah, so the, who's that? Um, That's Burr Halter's son. Oh, really? Yeah, and Reyna... Did not uh, keep him around because he wasn't good enough or whatever. And here we go. Former USA International Eric Winalda has a sensational claim uh, claimed the fallout between Reyna and the Burr Halter family. F- 
families is eight or nine months old and that Greg Berhalter had a vendetta against Gio Reyna be, before the World Cup. When Aldo speaks, speaking on Hope Solo's podcast, outlined his theory in detail and said in the saga sheds light in the underworld, a lot of American soccer fans don't know exists. It kind of like the stats of of uh, that poor girl that uh, got the hundred thousand dollar check from that uh, institution for what institution? This is where you have to like step up on the podcast, Jack. What institution? Yeah, we just talked about she's got a hundred thousand dollars. Well, if you don't have it, don't worry. You don't have to go through that. I just see if your memory was good. You said you remember the fifty states. Oh, Minnesota. No, it, no, you it's said, it called a university. Oh, well, you said Virginia. It, it, Virginia State. Tech. I was just seeing if you're uh, here. Pay, well, t- I, I pay attention. Here. I just well, I was clicking the overlays. Over there. Question for you, Jack. Who are we talking about right now? Uh, the Reina incident. Yeah, and who's talking about it? Eric Winalda. All right. On and you can leave the overlays longer as we talk about this. Uh so Winalda speaking on the Hope Solos podcast outlined his theory in detail and said the saga sheds light on a underworld of a lot of American soccer fans don't know exists. The 20-year-old Reyna was surprisingly used as a substitute by Burhalter at the World Cup, with a attacker widely expected to be the central figure for the team in Qatar. Addressing the saga that has cast a shadow over U.S. soccer, Winaldo told Hope, Hope Solo, the whole thing with the Reynas and Burhalters, as unfortunate as it is, it does shed light on the underworld that a lot of American fans don't know exists. We talk about the Reynas and their inclusion in this. It It's mainly because they have a sense of entitlement and a sense of access. They felt they had access to the powers that be, that they could make a call and make it all go away. That is not the way the process works. What has happened, unfortunately, with Danielle, her her inclusive in this and her feelings that she needed to say something or to be uh, vindictive, if you're going to mess up my kid's life, I'm going to, to come after you. It's just we have to learn one thing. Don't mess with the soccer mom. That is true. After the tournament, Burhalter spoke around nearly sending a player home from the camp due to his attitude later revealed to have been Reyna. He responded with an Instagram statement acknowledging his focus dropping after being told by the Burhalters he'd have a minor role in Qatar and outlining his disappointment that anyone on the U.S. men's team staff would contribute to continuing coverage of this event. Winaldo then said... He believes Burhalter had a vendetta against Reyna because his own son, Sebastian, was moved on, on from Austin FC, where Ronaldo's dad, Claudio, the ex-USA captain, is a director, after joining the team on loan. Solo asked Ronaldo if he believed Burhalter had a vendetta against Gio, to which he said, I do, which I say is, has anyone looked into the history of these two families? Okay. They've been lifelong friends, but they ha- they that hasn't been true for eight or nine months. They haven't been at odds. They've been at odds for eight or nine months. The reason behind that has been some of the decisions that Claudio had made with the when it comes to management of one one of Sebastian's Burhalter, who played for Austin and had moved to Vancouver. People need to ask themselves: Did they have some sort of effect on these two relationships? Did that have something to do with these two? The answer is pretty clear. 
what Gio has gone through, Gio has stripped of the opportunity to help his country for all the wrong reasons. That's the real problem. When you look at the choices Burhalter made for the team, he, he was very critical, um, but he is the coach. In particular cases, the circumstances is a little creepy, and I'm not going to read it anymore. This is, it goes on forever, but think about that. So it started eight, nine months ago because Burhalter's son got moved. How like, dare you? So is that what it said? It's like he, he didn't put him on the first team or whatever. Yeah, because he's butt hurt. He's not happy. And so retaliation, well, you're not going to play my son. I'm not going to play yours. A little bit different. At least Gio grew up in, or, you know, smart enough to move his kid to Europe versus an MLS Next Academy or whatever out of Houston. All right, well, how do you feel about that? Comment. Do you think that has anything to do with it? You know, everyone's ripping on, uh, you know, this whole problem with our soccer culture with moms and dads uh, getting cutthroat and trying to demand play and all this. Yeah, you're right. But it's happening on both sides. Maybe. I don't know. Could be. Moving on. Arrests made after parents from Belgrade attacked at a youth soccer tournament in Sarajevo. The organizer of the tournament for children from ages 7 to 14. I had overlays for this too, but I think I never transitioned them to you. My bad. So there there was a, a four people have been arrested after a group of parents from Belgrade were attacked with one suffering a minor knife wound at a youth indoor soccer yes, tournament. Oh, yeah, that is it. Um, the group was accosted on January 14th by what police said were mass attackers outside the complex. The attackers first tried to grab the group group's flag of FK Zadara, a lower league Ser- Serbian soccer team. And then they pursued the parents and tried to um, parents as they tried to escape. So that's a problem, but they just continued on. Now here is, th- this is a good story. I like this one. Um, in former Japan women's volleyball player, Naomi Masuko spearheaded the First such tournament in hope of creating a better sporting environment for youth. So this comes from um, uh, an article about more youth sports move to ban angry coaches out of tournaments. So they're trying to uh, manufacture uh, a way to creating a better uh, sporting environment. Now I'll tell you something about Japan. I want to show you a video in a second. So in Japan, it's like, crazy these coaches don't mess around they literally beat kids do you have that is there a video now watch this coach beat these little kids and the kids are just taking it with with a water ball watch this that looks painful jack we should try that and see how painful it is Do we have a water bottle? Uh, not in there. Any of my Japanese listeners, uh, can you translate? What's this coach saying? Right. Look at those. They just took like a beating. They're like machines. He's making them like run there and back and then... They just put their hands behind the back and just take a booty. Coach, look at him lays on the way down the soccer ball. And then they're like, all right, put your hands behind your back and get ready for more uh, pound. There you go. You didn't run fast enough. 
Boom, 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 boom. That looks so painful. Go run again. Oh, that was number seven. Leave seven alone. He draws, he draws with the water bottle and he beats those kids with the water bottle. Okay, let's get off this. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's Japan. And, and I, I've asked my Japanese friends and, um, and players, you know, how bad it is. Like, yeah, they, they'll slap you. They'll, um, they'll, they'll beat you down and in that case it's a water bottle and he's just like ding 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 now um we need a water bottle so elisa uh, uh, if you're watching the show if you can have jet run us a water bottle we're gonna do a test and see how painful it is well i'll jack i'll let you hit me and we'll see if you want it, me to hit you do you want me to hit you yeah i don't think i could do I that i think it'd be more realistic no 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 you, you need to hit me because oh yeah you might get me that. hurting a minor yeah, I don't want I don't want a CPS coming over. Well, since we have the time, well, no. uh, well, there's a comment. Oh, okay, uh, Mike Major says, "Did you hear about PK's new seven aside league in Spain? That's how you make youth soccer fun again. Have you heard about that? Mm, no, it's it's a pretty cool league. It's like a you're aware of it. Yeah, explain it. It's like so. There's multiple like ex professionals in it." Like Kunaguero and players like that, and the, it's just seven to size. It's like super quick, small arena. It's oh, it's like a fun. professional league then. Yeah. Oh, okay. Basically. Yeah. No, we need something like that here. Like yeah. bring indoor soccer back. Um, I I think I hear Jet. He's gonna come down with a water bottle. Um, but oh, here it is, water bottle. Okay. Oh, this comes with water. This is like a super duper one. All right, Jet. Thank you. <laughs> All right, this is not realistic. He had a different water ball. This thing is like, all right, Jack, let's test this out. Oh, oh my gosh, that. that hurts. Wait, so you want me to hit you? Well, stand up, come over here, uh, and and hit me like that coach did. Okay. We need a normal one. We we need another water bottle. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Well, I, well, it doesn't hurt if it's there. It hurts when it's he hits him with the do that lid. Just start banging it. Oh, you can hurt me. Go ahead. Oh, he was doing the side of the head too. Okay, okay, okay. That hurts. Dang, that's abusive. Flip. That really hurt. You can hear it. Yeah. Man, I, and they do that in Japan, which is okay. But all the Japanese I get to my school, they're disciplined. They're they're straight a students they're, they're just amazing so i think we're doing it wrong i think we should beat our children with water bottles and i think they need to have their hands behind their back like the video we just showed and if you're just joining us you can just rewind this uh podcast or, or watch it when it uh watch it again and uh, i'll break it in chapters to make it easy for you the uh this japanese coach is just banging these little kids are like eight years old with a water bottle and they're just taking it we need to do do that with Jet and see if we can take it. Not on film. Just, you know, he needs to man up. But if we did that in our country, just more discipline. Let let our coaches hit the kids. I think we'll create better human beings. Because all the Japanese coming to me have been beaten down by their coaches. They're wonderful human beings. 
So we're doing something wrong and they're doing something right. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we should stop. Uh, I, I think we just need to beat our kids down more. I'm just kidding. I am kidding, but that did hurt. 31-0. Comment, do you think that is a high score? And is that the record? 31-0. So we're, we're going we're gonna, to, yeah, so there's a 31 blowout. Fifth division soccer team, Hapol Zafirum. Holland embarrassed its opponent, Maccabee Padres Cats, with a record uh, a record of 31-0 victory on a Thursday. So based on this game, it it's now holds the, the miserable record of suffering the two worst defeats in Israeli soccer history, having lost to one program 26 to zero during the 2020 season. And then obviously this last game, it's 31 zero currently they're, they're in the bottom of the fifth division, just getting pummeled repeatedly. Now what's crazy is it's, it's the third worst be, uh, beating of all time comment. What's the worst, what's the worst loss in soccer history. Anyone know? See if you guys can figure that out. The record for most goals scored in a professional soccer ma- match stood at 36 goals for 117 years in a game between Australia and American Samoa. By the way, a video of that. But one uh, one day, a match came along that absolutely destroyed the record. A match that ended 149 to zero. What? Yes. The thought of 149 goals might make your nose bleed. But really, all it took was some de- uh, dedication, spite, and always uh, you must rely on spite. So um, it, let's show that video. So here's a video of Australia versus American Samoa um, smacking 36 goals. Eight minutes gone, one nil. Then came the 10th minute. And the 11th. By the 21st minute, it was 7-0. Soon after, Archie Thompson grabbed his third and Australia's 10th. Where was the keeper? Sadly for the poor guy, he was still on the pitch. Now, here's a lucky fella. Stretch it off with a really bad injury. No, boss, I'm fine. Look, put me back on. We can turn this round. Jesus, this fella really is concussed. Throw on the sub. That's right, the guy not good enough to get in the American Samoan first 11. Shortly before half-time, despite some valiant Simone defending, the Aussies scored again. For the 16th time. 16. Second half. You're 16-0 up. Now watch this for sheer cheekiness from the kickoff. That's really rubbing it in. 18. And here's number 20 with number 20. Not every day you can say that. By now, American Samoa must have realized that Australia's 22-0 win over Tonga two days earlier was no fluke. 25. Here's Archie Thompson again, scoring goal number 30 and his 13th. Not every day you can say that, either. And as if that wasn't enough, though it was, in the last minute, Australia scored their 31st and final goal. 31-0. Even the scorer lost count. And you have to say that with no away goal, America Samoa were going to find the second leg very difficult. It's a cruel game, football. 
13 goal Archie Thompson was dropped for Australia. Second leg. Yeah. So it, it was it was uh it was a game that had to be played and uh Australia at the time was trying to uh let FIFA know elevate us to the uh the pro they're trying to get in a, a different part of uh the FIFA qualify uh qualifiers um into a higher category within Asia so they stopped playing games like that so they just murdered them to show FIFA uh it's not of the same level which obviously isn't and so this does happen but a match ended 149 to 0 which was crazy so that that game was uh, a little crazy and I don't I have the details on it I can't find it like I said I'm like well I just flew in from uh where did I come Philadelphia I'm on jet lag I'm tired I've been up since three three in the morning and I'm tired I'm doing an 8 p.m Mount Standard Time show which would be dedication yeah dedication it is dedication so how do we put the joy into youth soccer that was a question from um one of my listeners and I have an overlay of hint of what he says. Yeah, I got it. You got it? Yeah, I can't read it, but can you? Actually, I have it right Oh, here. it says question part one. That. Now, so the comment was, what's your view on dribble up? My boys have always been around a football. The house is, is always full as far as cultural, uh, cultural perspective. I have twin five-year-olds. I've always... I always enjoyed your podcast. Of course you do. Uh, they they all manipulate the ball and understand the elements of the ball and game pretty well for five. They've been they've been uh, they played in pickup and futsal, but not on teams on Saturday until this coming spring. I hope they enjoy it and I continue to find their passion if they choose choose it of interest. And um, it's pretty awesome having them all play three together. But he finished off with a question, which is what's the question? How do we put the joy we, into you, soccer? Yeah. So, um, great comment. Great question. Uh, so, in America, if if, if you're going to put joy in in soccer, don't do don't do pay to play. You can't do it, or you find the best coach that makes sure it's a safe environment. But the parents will still find a way to screw it up because they'll make it something that it's not about. It's kind of like. They, these teams get together and parents get together and they, you know, they, you're trying to build a family within and I, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to, it's hard to function when it's all about like, hey, let's go play in some tournaments when we get together and be at some hotel and spend lots of money, drink beer together and hopefully nothing stupid happens kind of thing. And uh, that's not why you play soccer. It's not for the trip. It's not for, some experience or a trophy or a medal has nothing to do with it. I hated soccer growing up because uh, I wasn't technical. I didn't want the ball. It was all about physical. It was all about running and stuck in and, and winning. And when you do that and you're that violent, you get injuries, you cause injuries, you get concussions and all those things, and you don't really enjoy the ball. So it's just a, a rat race of just finding moments of fun, which is typically when you win or win some championship I, I hated soccer until probably after I stopped playing pro. That That's about when I, I started to find a joy for soccer where actually I would pick up games and stuff. And that was mainly because I developed technique in such a way that that 
no one could take the ball from me. Anyone that I played in, mind you, I, I was playing college kids. I was playing the high school kids all free at the time. I was playing, um, I was playing uh, my college kids just, just to play. I loved it. It was fun. And I love tight areas. I love receiving the ball. I love dealing with pressure. That's when I started loving the, the game. That I love it now. That's why I competed in the 4v4 tournament in LA. That's why I did the tech ball. You got the competition side of it. Um, and uh, it was fun because I was, I'm technical. I'm proficient. I have skills. I, I, have, I have great skill. Um, that I developed through a lot of training. So I have skills that others don't have. And when you have skills that others don't have and you can showcase that, soccer's different. So like Dakota, my daughter, she loves soccer. She she didn't like playing at the university. She she didn't like, you know, playing at Seattle U and stuff because it, it it's not really soccer. It's just like tactics trying to win and and it's very, it's not fun. It's not like what you watch on TV. It's not like the Brazilian way. It's not like street soccer and the joy you can have when you can manipulate the ball, but you're not allowed to have fun with the ball because you might lose, you might lose the ball and all that. I get, you You know, we're all trying to win. But when you're extremely technical and you play in those environments, you, you, you'll love soccer forever. So, you know, Cody still plays. Jack, so explain to me, like, what's your, what do you like about the game? Like, what, explain to me why you like soccer and you watch it and all that stuff. Um, I'm just entertained, I guess. Just, I just, I don't know how to explain it. I just love watching, playing it. You watch soccer more than I do. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I didn't grow up watching soccer. I never was, like, turned on to. I, I, I like watching specific games, but. Like, I remember, you remember uh, I'll go free. I used to be a ball boy to watch the games. Mm-hmm. See, I just always like loved watching. Yeah. Well, you, you were always around it. You have a, you, you have a, a backyard. That's a soccer field. Yeah. Uh, you have a tech ball table now in the, in the backyard. We have goals set up. We have nets. We, we have our backyards soccer and you've always been around <laughs> soccer balls. You always been around the college game. You've been training with PC Phoenix college or around that environment since you're like six and he's just always been around the game. But you're technical, and it's yeah. fun to play if you can showcase your abilities with the ball. So uh, back to the question, how do we put the joy into you soccer? I, I strongly believe to, in order to put the joy into you soccer, the first thing you have to do is create an environment in your home. You have to have, you know, if you're going to spend money on this whole club soccer stuff, take a couple years break from doing club soccer and take the $10,000 you would spend on the training fees and all the travel and all the garbage uh, that's provided by club and put it investment in your home and create a home that is centered around soccer. Like, create that environment. That, that's more important. Soccer at home is extremely important. It needs to be a culture thing within your home. It needs to be available. I, I, we used to have a backyard league in our backyard where Jack would have his friends come over and just play one V one, two V two or three V three. We had that going all the time. But I understood that from early age. The reason I put Jack in Tuzos, uh, people are like, Oh, Jack's Jack's technical because you know, his dad's a college school. I hardly trained him. I, I put him in an environment around Hispanics that love the game, which kept elevating his game. 
Now I did train, I, you know, I, I was involved coaching them for moments, but I spend more time coaching others in my college team, my high school team than I spent with Jack. Um, but he's been around the culture. Culture is number one, that environment. So it, it's, you're better off to not play travel ball, any of that, unless you know, it's a safe environment. It's about development versus got to win, you know, got have to win, you know, right away. You, you have to enjoy the game. It, like Jack, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll preach that all day. Jack wants win. He gets so frustrated and I'm trying to fix some of that. Stop focusing on the past and all that. So he gets so mad when he loses and stuff. Why do you as coaches feel like you have to like rah, rah, these kids, they already want to win. It shouldn't be the focus. They're already going to naturally do that. You need to try to develop them. You need to teach them how to play the game differently. So how do we find the joy into youth soccer in America? Shoot. Avoid club soccer. That's, that's definitely, definitely uh, the number one. Find environments. Find, find an environment where you can play 6v6, 3v3. Find many leagues, futsal, indoor, whatever. That's just fun. And, and find a way to get your kids to love the game and play on the streets and their neighborhoods and stuff like that. It can be done, but you have to work you, as far as changing everything else. I don't know. I was at the convention and it, they just keep giving us, you know, more, more routes for certification and all this stuff and all these, it just, it's so expensive and they keep creating more and more different like certifications, and everything. And, and one speaker I was listening to is he's actually the sporting director um, or coaching director in England. So all sports soccer is not his main thing. Even he oversees it as far as coaching development. And he said, biggest problem we have pretty much everywhere, but he was pretty much in the fact with uh, us soccer is uh, it's, it's all about the ABCs always, uh, always be uh, credentialing. It's always, always be cert certifying, you know, it's, it's, there's always a certificate, a certificate. There's, all, you know, a license, a B license, your, your pro, your pro license, your director of coaching. There's all these licensing and all this stuff and they it overwhelm you versus let's, let's just, uh, uh, try to understand our community. The, the one thing I like what he said, because we're always being from us soccer, it's from the top on down the the ones on top are creating all these classes so they can create, you know, an educational program. And it might be good spirited, you know, far as they, the good with good intentions, but it makes no sense because the United States is very diverse it, within Arizona coaching in one club in the West Valley is a lot different than coaching in another club because the demographic the demographics are different. Everything's different. You know, it, it's hard to put a proper session together and provide a, a, a session in some park when the lights won't turn on, the sprinklers turn on, and kids don't show up, and parents are yelling at you, and you're trying to put a proper session together. Can't be done. It's a culture thing we, we have to fix. Do we have any questions about this or comments? Uh, no. I did add them, like, during the stream though yeah but any good comments but so I, to, uh, how do you put the joy into you soccer it's on you and the family in your home and be very careful on your selection of these travel teams and what what they're uh what they're doing these kids because it's all about winning 
has nothing to do about development. Our understanding of the only team that really has to win, the only team is our U.S. men's national team. Our national teams, they're the only ones that have to win. Everyone else, develop. Teach technique, have a ball, focus on on, on uh, technique and the ambitions to do repetition so skill can be acquired so they can apply it for a lifetime. That's where we should be at. That's where I want to be at. So I appreciate you guys being on the podcast. I'm sorry, we just had to throw this together because I want to I want to be available to you guys every Sunday, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Love the questions and comments. Uh, send me DMs, email me, and I'll do the best I can to cater my podcast on on the questions you might have. And uh, yeah, it's been a, a crazy uh, five days in uh, Philly, and I did have a Philly cheesesteak, and it was good. It's no joke. Their meat's different over there. I don't know what they do, but it, it is really good. But other than that, I'm tired and I'm going to bed. You guys have a wonderful day off tomorrow as we celebrate LK Day. As El Rojo and Coach Cameron are signing off, you can find us on iHeartRadio, Google Play, or wherever else podcasts are found, or go to coachcameron.com where I do not update. We'll see you next Sunday. <laughs>